Welcome to Anderswick Church. We hope this message empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. All right, good morning. Good morning. Can we just put our hands together for um, Adele and Jamie this morning? I'm just going to start myself so I know whereabouts I am time-wise. Um, Jamie is a really good mate of mine, and um, we've been friends for... How long have you lived in Nelson Ford now, bro? 13 years. Yeah, I think we've been friends for about 13 years for that whole time. He basically rocked into town. He used to live here. I used to live here. And um, I was just like, I'm just going to make you my best mate. And he had no choice in the matter. And um, how cool was it this morning having Adele Terrell sing? Oh, my gosh. You, you may not know, but Adele actually and Simon are actually musicians from way back. And Adele actually used to, she won't want me telling you this, but she used to actually teach vocals. And um, this morning has not been on the microphone for a very long period of time. But this morning, just had, it was just amazing having you up here this morning, Adele. I can see your glow basking off Simon's bald head. <laughs> It's great. Um, hey, anyway, it's a privilege for me to be here this morning and to be preaching. Um, I don't often get a mic to preach. I've, I've got a business um, whereabouts I actually run. I've got a barbecue business where we cook a lot of meat and things like that on low and slow game. Um, but this morning I get to have the mic, which is really exciting. You might remember me from um, such instruments as the drums, uh, which I play most weeks when I'm behind the sound. But what I thought I would do this morning, I mean, obviously, uh, as Donna said, I'm unpacking uh, this, this uh, theme for the year, which is practicing, well, the theme is actually following Jesus, and that the, the series at the moment is practicing the way, and it, it's in this morning I get to uh, talk on a really cool topic, which is uh, servanthood and generosity, and when I got the topic, I thought, awesome, that sounds like a fun topic to talk about being a servant, which let's face it, in 2022 is uh, probably one of the most yuck words that's around, it's the least woke sort of expression that you can have if you like, I just, I honestly don't care what is woke and what is not woke, so we're just going to talk about it this morning, but before I get into that, I just want to introduce myself or reintroduce myself for those that don't uh, know who I am, so I've got um, a little bit of fun facts about me that you may not know, so here we go, number one. When I was younger, all I wanted to do was be a full-time musician. That's all I wanted to do. So I didn't bother studying at school, which was quite funny because even in my music topic, I failed that even in school cert. I couldn't even be bothered doing that properly. I left. I actually went and studied music full-time out of school. And year 12, I left, which is that, these days not that common. Uh, back then, we called it sixth form. Anybody for the anybody who understand the forms? Yep. I had to learn how to learn the years with my, with my kids. Um, I actually ended up uh, touring um, internationally with that. And I recorded on albums and things like that with my drumming and I ended up touring uh, with a band called Red Rain and a couple of other bands. And I actually played Parachute Music Festival about six different times, which was uh, good fun. It was great fun. Um, speaking of Parachute, um, I actually have uh, jumped out of six different aeroplanes and I've done two bungee jumps. Have we got anybody here who's done a skydive before? I, I, a jump? 
Oh, a bungee jump? Okay, cool. Bungee jump, anybody from parachuting? Yep, awesome. Now, what you need to know about this is I was actually petrified of heights as a kid. Like, I couldn't stand up this high without getting vertigo. I could not... I couldn't stand here without getting vertigo. I'm serious. And so that was quite an amazing thing for me. That gives my water bottle. I'll get that later. Uh, I'm actually, okay, this one is a random thought, but you need to, you need to hear it anyway. I'm actually an internationally qualified picture framer. Uh, <laughs> my claim to fame. And uh, no, I can't frame any of your work. I don't have any of the gear anymore. But I was actually on the court of the Fine Art Trade Guild for, for England and, and, and New, in the New Zealand court. Thank you so much, Hamish. You are a gentleman and a scholar. And, um, and I was this, anyway, I was this picture frame. To museum grade standards, I might add as well. All right, here's another one. Uh, you may, you'll probably know this about me. I've got four children, and I've been married to my wife, Michelle, for 23 years. Woo, yes. And um, we, have, we have had some fun time over that time, I tell you. Um, I also, I've already told you this one. I've already run a, bar- I've run a barbecue business called Under the Hood Barbecue. If you want to know anything about how to use charcoal or gas cooking, let me know if you want to go see our YouTube channel. Josh Kirk down here produced our video. It's absolutely amazing. Um, Donna's already mentioned this one, but I'm actually, a lot of people actually don't know this. I'm actually the general manager for Annersbrook, and people say to me, well, what does a general manager do for a church? And I go, well, pretty much what they do for anybody in, in a secular sense or, or in a business sense, anything that requires operations, finances, uh, project management, and I've actually got friends of mine who, um, there's actually somebody in this room, I won't say their name, who after we've been friends for a couple of years said to me, so what do you do, man? And I go, I actually work for the church. And he's like, you do what? You work for the church? And I go, yeah. He goes, I just thought that you loved being at church on a Sunday. And, and I'm like, no, I absolutely do do, which is why I'm actually here. And uh, last but not least, um, before I was general manager for Annisbrook Church, I actually volunteered a day a week uh, for the best part of a year, and I did that for, for free. I, I, just, I just decided that I wanted to be found in the house of God. I wanted to be actually using my skills and my talents um, for that. And one thing which is really important to note is I did fail school cert. I did, did fail bursary, which was year 12. I didn't do uh, uh, year 13. And yet when I came back and I did my Bachelor of Commerce degree, I actually excelled at that. I, I got within 0.3% of getting ducks. I had three published papers, and I, I won a bunch of awards in marketing. And I just say that to say, you know, we're going to talk about servanthood this morning. What I really want to talk about is, what's your sweet spot? Well, some of you won't know what that is yet, and some of you will, will know what it is, but you think maybe the moment's passed you by. And some of you will, will say, well, I kind of know what God's called me to, but I just don't really know what to do with it. So I just want to unpack that a little bit this morning, if that's okay. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm just going to talk about, I mean, Jesus, right? He was the guy that actually came to serve, not to be served. He could have actually come down and he could have had this, this situation where he just felt like, I'm the man. I actually created all of this. I'm going to be served. I'm going to take over the kingdom. I'm going to take over the world. But he actually came to serve. And there's another guy that I want to look at, which is the life of Samuel. Now, we're just going to look at the scripture of 1 Samuel 3. And I just want to just give some relevance for the scripture. So so what happened in this, we'll just won't quite read that yet. But um, well, I just want to give you some background of this. So, so Samuel came from Rebecca, and Rebecca was um, a, a lady who was 
married. She was not the first wife of the person she was married to, and she was barren, which is a, 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 a old school way of saying she just couldn't have a baby. But she just prayed and she said, God, I really want to have a child. I really want to serve you in the best way possible. So God, would you give me a child that I know that can actually serve you, that can actually work in the house? Now, at the times, and by the, I mean at the house, in the house of God, Eli was uh, the judge at the time. There was a bunch of judges that had been actually appointed over the, over the kingdom. And what we know about Samuel is that when he was born, he actually was in the house of God and he was actually serving as an apprentice under Eli. And Eli was old at that time. And, and Samuel actually has got a direct um, responsibility for Jesus actually coming. He actually anointed, first of all, um, Saul, and then he anointed King David, who was, they called Jesus the son of David. He was actually going from the lineage of David. If it wasn't for the fact that Samuel set up to do what he did, who knows what would have happened. I mean, obviously God would, would have had his way. That's the background. So let's read now in 1 Samuel 3 and uh, from verse 1. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. I mean, they had no email. They had no text messages, and they definitely had no Zoom meetings. So they were quite rare in those days. Now, one night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, so he's an old dude, he had gone to bed, and the lamp of God had not gone out yet. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God, and suddenly the Lord called out. Now, this is to be distinguished as God called out to Samuel. Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? And he got up and he ran to Eli, and he says, here I am. Did you call me? And he says, no, I didn't call you. So go back to bed. So he did. Who here has ever experienced that uh, the phantom uh, ringing your pocket of a cell phone and you think it's ringing, but it's not? Uh, that, that text message, the worst I've ever had was, I said to somebody, so I'm just going to grab that call. And I went to grab my phone. My phone wasn't even on me. <laughs> it was that phantom call. So anyway, he had this thing. He had a phantom text message come in. Then the Lord called out again. He said, Samuel. So again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? He said, I didn't call you, my son. Go back to bed. So Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So when the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli, and he says, here I am. Did you call me? This is really interesting. Three times, and it actually states that Samuel did not yet know the Lord. He did not know what the voice is like of God. Well, that's like it for us sometimes. It's like, God, is that you speaking? Is that me? Is that my own thoughts? Is that my own insecurities? Is that me actually making something up? Or is this actually you that's talking, Lord? Well, good news, Samuel, um, Eli knew what was going on. So Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling out to the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls you again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed and fell asleep. Then the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, here I am. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And the title of this message today is called, Here I Am, Lord. So I'm just going to pray really quick over this message. Lord God, I just want to thank you for this message. I pray, Lord God, that it would uh, hit the mark this morning. Thank you that you've called us all to great things, Lord. And we want to say this morning, Lord God, here we are. Lord God, we want to listen for your call. We want to listen to your voice. Lord God, and we want to thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So going back to when I was in the band in 1998, I was in Africa and it was pouring with rain and we were driving down the road just outside of uh, Marisburg, uh, Peter Marisburg, is that how we say it? And um, we're on this major highway and we were in a Ventura. I don't know what the brand was, an Ace Ventura. No, sorry, that's a movie. A Ventura. And um, the, the car just totally broke down. And we are thinking, we are in the middle of Africa. We've got no idea what we're doing right now. What are we going to do? Now, we start freaking out because this car pulls in front of us. And it's honestly, you can barely see it. It's so dark. And we're thinking... Okay, we're in trouble here. We've just traveled through the night. Just to give some context, Michelle and I just got engaged about within maybe six or seven days of that. We were driving to Durban and we, we just got stuck on the side of this, this highway. So this car pulls in front of us and we thought, is this the end of it all? Are we going to die? Now, just to give some context, South Africa is not like... New Zealand, all right? It's, 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 if, if, you, if you pull over on the side of the highway here, somebody's going to stop and pick you up. If you do it there, somebody's likely to murder you and actually steal your car. Sorry, that's not, that's not actually what happens all the time. But we did have some, some moments like that. In Cape Town, previously we'd been in Cape Town. And um, I've written the examples down here so I could remember them well. Yeah, so we, we, there'd be a, a bombed building that had happened just the, the week before we got there. And me and my mate Trevor, we were pretty young and bold, and we decided to go for a walk to go and check out this building. And the further we walked into this neighborhood, the darker spiritually it felt. And we were just like, oh, man, what's going on? We decided let's get out of here. So we turned around and go back. And as we started going back, we got these people chasing after us, yelling at us and screaming at us, throwing rocks at us, and we just managed to make it. I've never run so fast in my life. I managed to get through that alleyway and out and through into a shop where they came and tried to smash the windows to get us out. Um, another time we were on our way to uh, to the Hard Rock Cafe and the waterfront in Cape Town. Um, uh, Lou, you've lived in Cape Town for how many years? 13. 13 years, man, what a great place, but there are some dangerous pockets. We were on our way to Cape Town, and um, that night we were going, the pastor who who was hosting us said, I really feel in my heart not to go to the Hard Rock Cafe tonight. Um, Let's go to Tim and Bowling. We all try to convince some otherwise. We're like, no, we want to go to the Hard Rock Cafe. Anyway, we went to Tim and Bowling, and that very same night, uh, the, the, the Hard Rock Cafe was pipe-bombed, and a bunch of people there that were murdered, and we would have been involved in that situation. Um, in Johannesburg, just before this, we'd been, we'd been ministering with the band, and um, what ended up happening was, was that our van got stolen with all of our equipment, none of it was insured, and that, that all went missing. Um, we went to Lesotho, uh, which is a little country in the middle of South Africa, and when we were there, it was under, um, uh, what's the word, martial law, it was under martial law, and we drove past the palace where the king was, and we had people aim guns at us as we went past, and thank God, we, but we went to our, our room that night, we could have shots in the, in the streets, people were getting shot, so anyway, Fast forward now to where we're now on the side of the highway in the middle of the rain, and we're thinking, this is it, mate. We're done for. We've kind of dodged all those bullets. Anyway, this guy gets out and comes and knocks on our window, and guess who it was? It was a Christian mechanic. 
that had gotten up that morning and thought, God, how can I serve you today? And I, he felt just to go for a drive along this motorway in the middle of Africa to come and find us. He finds us, tows us to this, um, this little township called Ashburton, not like the one down the South Island, but Ashburton. And he takes us in. He lets us sleep in his home. Um, he, gets us, um, he gets us Nando's and Steers and all this... Well, there was eight of us, eh? We, we were seriously driving this thing illegally. We are all piled up in the back. And then he, he basically filled our, our car up and then sent us on our way. All because it was a guy that said what Samuel said, here I am, Lord. How can I serve you? How can I serve you today? We were just so thankful that we weren't mugged that, that particular day and we were actually rescued. As I said before, the fact the word servant or servanthood doesn't actually have a nice feel about it in 2022, it's quite, it's quite a horrible sort of thought. The dictionary refers to it as one who serves another or provides and help in some manner. But what I want to know is, what is that Christian worldview on this? What does God say about this? What does the Bible say about this? Um, being a servant, talking with Michelle about this yesterday, being a servant is actually about actually knowing who you are, what you're called to do, who you're called to be. And guess what? Sometimes it doesn't always feel magical. Sometimes it doesn't always feel like it's the best thing on the earth. It actually puts a position of actually uh, discomfort on you a little bit. It actually makes you reach out and, ab- out and ab- above, uh, over and beyond. It actually makes you think, okay, this is costing me a little bit of something right now. So let's just go back to Samuel. So basically Samuel is found, number one, his mother has just got this DNA where she just wants to serve. So she just says, God, give me a son that can serve you. Then Samuel, who goes to the, the temple, he's then getting trained up. Basically, he's an apprentice under Eli to be the next judge. Guess what? It turns out he's not only the next judge, he's actually the last of the judges. and He's, he's the first of the latter of the prophets in the Bible that came along before Jesus. And he starts to anoint and starts to hear the word of God and starts to actually call things out as the way that it's supposed to be. He was eager to serve, and his natural response to the call was, here I am, Lord, use me. In fact, he said it three times, here I am, Lord, use me. In fact, I went and actually did a bit of a study on this, and I wondered how many times in the Bible are there is this phrase, here I am, Lord, because we know that Isaiah says it, we know that Jesus says it. It's actually found in 17 different times where there are servants of God and prophets of God and people of God that are just saying, here I am, Lord, serve me. Excuse me. Found deep within us is an insane... uh, desire for purpose. There is a drive that we want to add value and there is a desire to leave an imprint and to make a difference. In fact, there are parts of you that has just got a sweet spot that to other people just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I mean, let's be honest. I'm not gifted uh, uh, to sing. I mean, when I was stuck on the side of the road, we knew exactly what it was to kiss the rains down in Africa. See, I'm not gifted to sing, but I am gifted to play the drums. I'm not gifted to build a house, but I am gifted to be able to work through the finances to be able to make that happen. You see, I'm not gifted um, with a gift of mercy and helps, <laughs> but my, my wife is, thank God for that. But I am gifted with actually finding ways to actually break through and do stuff. There are parts of you that are that are naturally just hardwired. Now, as I said, that when I grew up, I didn't know what some of that was until I actually had an older age. I had no idea that I had management inside me. I had no idea that I could be a business entrepreneur. I actually remember one day going to study and 
at the end of the study, I had this dream, and I remember this, this really vivid dream. And in it, uh, the person that had taught me how to play drums said to me, what have you been up to, Dave? And I said, well, I've actually gone and applied to play drums at this trio at this, at this restaurant. And she said this, she said, and in my dream, you shouldn't be playing drums, you should be managing that restaurant. And I remember waking up, bang, like that, going, I, couldn't, I could never manage a restaurant. How the heck could I do that? And now I've actually worked for various companies, including working for a company owned by Warren Buffett, which was the second richest man in the world at the time. How the heck does that, does that happen from a guy that fails school? You know, I ended up just saying, Lord, here I am. What do you have in me and for me? So the question I want to ask you this morning is this. What makes you tick? Just take a pause for that on a second. What are the things in your life that you're just passionate about? What are the things that right now you're thinking, I don't think I've got the skills yet. I don't think I have the resources yet, but I think I'm passionate about this area. And a great example of this, I was talking with Michelle about this yesterday, and she said, you know, when she had a passion for um, young families, she wanted to do mainly music. She knew that she couldn't um, sing and run the whole thing by herself. She did end up running all, a lot of the, the sessions. But she just had a passion for it. So she, she's just like, I'm just going to step in, and I'm just going to do everything that I can to make this happen. How many years did you run mainly music for? Ten years. Unbelievable. So, you know, that's absolutely amazing. So what makes you tick? One thing that God does do is he actually places us in families. He places us in peer groups, and he places us in teams. I believe that God actually outworks the servanthood through community, first and foremost through community. And I just want to read now from Exodus 31. Now, this is Moses, and this is God speaking to Moses. So it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Look, I have specifically chosen Bezalel, I don't know how to say that name, son of Uri, grandson of Hur, in the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. So God's saying, I'm calling this guy, and not only am I calling him, but I've gifted him. He's a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and carving wood, and he is a master at every craft. And I've personally anointed Aholiab. Is that how you pronounce it, Simon? Okay, there we go. Aholiab, son of that guy <laughs> from the tribe of Dan. They got a little bit casual by then. It's not even Daniel, it's just Dan, um, to be his assistant. Moreover, I've given him a special skill to all gifted craftsmen so that they can make all the things I've commanded to them. And he talks about what they're going to go and do in this next little bit. Jumping down there to verse 11. The craftsman must make everything as I've commanded you. And what God's done there, he's created a team. He's chosen these guys for doing a really specific task. Now, this is what I want to make an observation of. He didn't get Moses to build the thing. He didn't say, right, Moses, you go ahead and you build it. He said, I'm going to give you a team. They're going to be really gifted, and they're going to be really excellent at what they do. And guess what? These guys were busy guys. They were already had their own businesses. They were already working full time. They were busy doing stuff. But God actually had a call over and above that. There's something more about our giftings and our skills that's going to pay the bills. It's something that's going to be more than just putting food on the table. It's going to be something which is actually going to have an impact on other people. 
And I, and I believing, I, I, I said this before at the, uh, the pre-service meeting, I said, I believe more in the power of the convinced and combined we than the power of the super me. I've just realized I'm not wearing my glasses because they're new to me, but this is the super me. This is, <laughs> these are my, if, if you're listening on, online, I'm just put my glasses on. So this is the Clark Kent and this is the Superman me. All right, so. If you see me, Clark Kent in it, that's what I'm, that's what I'm actually about. There we go. That, I can actually read that much easier now. So let me just repeat that. I believe in, in, in the convinced and the combined collective we than the power of the super me. When I was younger, I remember being about 17 or 18, and we had had a couple, I can take those off now because I need to see you. Um, I, I remember being in, um, involved in a youth ministry, and they had had a women's uh, a youth night, and they'd had a men's youth night, and I thought, I can beat both of them by doing it the Dave King style. And, and I did, and I put this youth night on, and it was, you know, from the feedback, it was a, it was a great night. Here's where it didn't achieve any community. I burnt people. I got people upset. I was the superhero. I was this guy who was just all about me. And I had to learn a little bit of maturity, which meant that we can actually do this better when we do it together, right? But first and foremost, you gotta know, what are you bringing to the table? What skills have you got? What gifts have you got? Can you put some skin in the game? Because guess what? It is going to actually hurt you a, 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 a little bit. It's not going to damage you. It's, gonna, it's just going to cost you a little bit of something. But it is totally worthwhile. It's totally worthwhile to displace yourself for the sake of making a better community and a, and a better situation. And some of you guys that are here right now are going to be thinking, okay, I either don't know what my gifting is, I don't know how to use it, or I've been there and I've done that and I don't need to do it anymore. Well, I really think that God is calling you back to that. Absolutely calling you back to that. You are a chosen person. You're gifted in many areas. You just need to be ready to use and you need to ready to say, here I am, Lord. What would you have for me today? In 2022, it's really important. So what would I say about having a servant heart and a generous heart? How do you get started and working out where to start? See, here's my point. I've got seven points. One of these may be for you. You might get several of them that are for you, and they might all be. But if they are one of them for you, just write it down. Here we go. Number one, whatever your hand decides to do, do it with all your heart. What are your passions, and what do you feel a burning desire for? I remember when Graham and Brent asked me to do a day a week, I was thinking, man, I, I really, I'm too busy to do this. I've got a lot of other stuff going on. Little did I know that was going to lead to me actually being in a position full-time as the general manager, which, by the way, after doing study and Bachelor of Commerce didn't make a lot of sense to me. I was offered five different positions throughout the country. That was one that was paid the least amount of money, and I didn't really care because I was like, I just got to serve this thing and do this thing. You've got to get the heart right first, and then the rest will follow. The scripture puts it this way. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and the rest will be given to you. So what you're going to look at is what's in your heart versus what's in your hand. Often we do, we try and do what's, what's in our heart. We can see this thing. We want to do this thing, but we don't yet have something in our hand. So the first thing I say is what's in your hand? Well, I started off with I had a pair of drumsticks in my hand. So I just found I wanted to be in the house of God at all times. So I started playing drums. Then I found out I wanted to, to write songs. So I started learning how to play a bit of the piano 
a little bit of guitar. I actually learned trumpet for nine years. Can't play it today. I'd suck at it. But just, just taking whatever whatever I could. Thank you, Jamie. I just got a, a, an amen on function there. And, and just make sure you're doing it. But make sure that you're using what is in your hand first and foremost. Having the gifting is one thing, but being available is something totally different. So we're going to be praying, God, can you set us apart for this next thing? Number two, ask God, what would you have me do? Don't wait to be asked to do it. So you can just say, God, I've got this gifting. What would you have me do? Like the guy in South Africa, what would you have me do? This gifting, he just went for a drive along the motorway and found these random Kiwis from New Zealand waiting to be mugged and decided that he would save us from their current situation. God, what would you have me do? And then ask for a constant heart that's willing and ready. Like I said earlier on, I've always had a heart to be found in the, in the house of God. Number three, serve in the area that you can add the most amount of value. That may be just an area that needs someone just to serve in right now. What are the current things that you can do right now? What are the current things that are there? They're usually already obvious right now, okay? You don't need to go and start a whole brand new ministry. That's awesome if you want to do that. But for a lot of you, it will be just joining somebody else's thing and doing it. I'm often asked within our own house here at Annisburg, what are the different areas that we can serve in? So I'll, just, I'll give you just a couple of things. You can serve by uh, being part of the ministry team at Franklin Village. You could do meal prep. We're, we're prepping meals at the moment to give away for people that are unwell. You could be serving a Sunday people care teams. I got to tell you, man, we we are so blessed to have the people that we've got. But we could triple our teams tomorrow, and we would still have stuff that we really want to do. So, if you want to be part of a team, that's awesome. Um, worship and production. You could be part of the Shine Girl program that goes into the schools and actually volunteering with that. You could be part of the She Ministry. You could be part of the Men's Ministry. You could be part of uh, the Prayer Ministry. There's a, we've got a Prayer Ministry where people actually uh, pray for things that go on all the time. Karen's part of that. I'm a part of that. We just we pray into things that actually need prayer. And by the way, we get praise reports, things that actually happen. The list just keeps on going. You could, um, you could just talk about generosity for a second. You could feel like you've got a gift to give financially. I, I meet people that say, I feel like I've got a gift gift in business, a gift to give financially, and I just don't know what to do with it. There's, there's a guy that comes to Nelson City location, I won't mention his name, and um, he actually came to me, and he's come to me a couple of times and said, I really felt God asking me to give in a particular area. Um, he's told me to come and talk to you about there's, there's needs here. And I've ended up saying, well, that's funny because we've actually been praying for some finances. And then we ended up, um, for instance, the drum kit that we've got, the electric drum kit, was actually funded through that because he came and said, how can I be, how can I be served? Here I am, Lord. What can I do? Okay, number, number four, uh, don't wait for the gift to be perfected before you serve. I think sometimes what we do is we wait, we wait for this moment to we're like, all right, I'm now an established musician. I'm now a, a perfected communicator. I'm, I'm now ready to start my own business. I feel like now maybe I've got, uh, I've, I've, I've got uh, something which is perfected. No, no, don't wait for that moment. Just start now because there's other people on the team that would be better than, than that at you. And guess what? No matter where you are in life, I mean, I could be the best Let's just talk about barbecue for a second. I can be the best barbecue. There's always going to be somebody better than me. Nope, just do what I've got. Bring your passion to the game. There is a God-shaped hole that needs you in it. And the question is, what's that going to look like for you? Um, number five, I would... Oh, so on number four, I want to say this. People, and I've found this all the time, people found a way to disqualify themselves. I'm not good enough. 
I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I'm waiting for another season. I'm waiting for another opportunity. There's no space for me on this team. They find ways to disqualify themselves. Nope. I would say, just say, God, how would you use me today? Number five, having a season on the couch is great, but God never called you to live on the couch. Right, I think it's fine to have an off-season. That's absolutely cool. We've all had it. I've had off-seasons. What about some just like, okay, I'm just going to sit down for a while and I just need to be ministered to. But they say this, this is what the experts say, that anything that's lasted for longer than three months is no longer a season. It's now a lifestyle. We've actually made it that way after a period of about three months. So I would just say, what is it that's your now season? What is the thing that God's calling you to now in the season? It might, and it's got to be on your terms. I'm not saying be dumb. I'm not saying um, don't have any boundaries and you're serving every week somewhere or you're doing something that's just costing you. You can't spend more money than you've got in your bank. You can't give more than what you've got. But I will tell you this. If I looked at your bank and I looked at the top 25% of what you spend your money on, I could tell you what you value. I could look at a seventh of your time, one, sorry, uh, one day out of seven of your time, I could tell you what, you what it is that you value your time for. I could look at what you did at night times and we could analyze and we could tell you what it is that you really value, how you relax and how you actually unwind. So these things are really important. So having a season on the couch is okay, but you're never meant to live there. Number six, leave every room better than you found it. Now that's not just physically speaking, it's metaphorically speaking. The amount of time I've had people come to me and say, hey Dave, there's rubbish on the floor um, in, in the bathroom is probably 10 to 1 of the person that said, hey, I picked up the rubbish that was on the floor in the bathroom. It's like, let's find a way to actually make things better than what we found it. And that means that if you come into a room, why don't you bring your energy with you? Even if it's not something um, uh, practical, just bring who you are to the game. Just be who you are in every room. I can guarantee you, you might think that you're unnoticed. You might think that something hasn't been picked up on, but they are, it's so important. You know, Morgan Headley, it's so great to see you here week after week after week, you know, you don't have a mic or anything, but you just being here is everything, man. It's just so great to have you here. You know, um, Cara and Joel, you know, you guys have been coming along now for how long? About a year and a half? Two years maybe? You know, and these guys come over from Natamoti. Is it, did I say that correctly? Hey, almost, almost. And these guys come over um, every time. The first thing they do is they come and they use the bathroom because they've driven for like three hours to get here. <laughs> Leave every room better than you found it. I mean, there's lots of people that can find problems, not that many people that can find solutions. So what is it that you're going to do to make it better? I'm just going to ask the band to come up now. Um, number seven, I'm going to say this. Work everything as you do. This is my last point. Work everything as you do as if you're working to God, not for the reward or the accolade of mankind or womankind. It's amazing. Okay, you need to get this statement. It's amazing what we can achieve when we don't care who gets the credit. It's amazing what we can achieve when we don't care who gets the credit. I can tell you about countless projects that I've been involved on that nobody has got a clue that I was the driving force behind it. I just don't care because I just know that we achieved it together. I know that we as Team Anna's Brook or we Team Under the Hood or we as Team King Family or we, uh, we as Team um, David Michelle or we as Team Worship Team or whatever, it didn't really matter. We did it together. It's amazing what can happen if we don't care who gets the credit. So you've got to work as unto, unto God. I, I've spoken with a lot of people where, it, and it's quite common that people get offended because, well, I did this and nobody said thank you. And I really sacrificed my time on this and nobody came out of their way to say thank you for it. But yet, but yet you mentioned Morgan Headley that came to the church and he didn't even do anything. He just sat in the row, you know. 
it's, it doesn't really matter. It's about what are we actually going to do with this. So right now, what we're going to do is we're going to go back to that song that we sang once we've tuned our guitars. It's an important part we're going to do. We're going to go back to that song, Run to the Father. Because what I want to say is, is that first and foremost, before you find out your why, before you find out your what, that it is that you want to do and how you want to serve, before you find that purpose moment, you want to be like Samuel in the scripture that we read that was first and foremost found in the house of God. He was there waiting. He was there asking God, here I am, what can I do? What is it that you need? He was grounded in the house. He knew who his father was. And a funny thing was, his actual father didn't even raise him. He was raised by Eli in the house of God. Now, I don't think that for everybody, your, your ministry is necessarily with a microphone. It's not necessarily working for the church full-time or even part-time. I'm realising that ministry and servanthood and generosity is more about your heart to serve and less about vocation, less about what job I do. When my granddad was young, he had the same employer for his whole entire life. When my generation came along, they said, you'll have five different careers in your lifetime. And it's less important than what you do and more important about wherever you are that you're serving and that you're asking God, God, what do you have next? I mean, some things you can do. One question I'd ask was, when, when was the last time that you put yourself out? When was the last time you paid for somebody's groceries? When was the last time that you paid for somebody's cell phone bill? When was the last time you just gave somebody a restaurant voucher? When was the last time you text somebody and said, how you doing, I've been thinking about you? When was the last time that you prayed for somebody and said, you've been in my mind, I just wanted to pray for you? When was the last time that something like that happened? Now, for some of you, it would have been this week, absolutely. And for some of you, it, it may not have been. I mean, we paid for people's groceries before. I don't have a clue what was on that thing. It could have been filled with alcohol or cigarettes. I, I, I don't know. But it's just about listening to the voice of God and asking. So what I'd love us all to do right now, we could just stand. And we're gonna sing, we're gonna sing the song, Run to the Father. And first and foremost, before we do anything before, let me come, I'm gonna come back and I'm actually gonna pray for those of us that wanna know what have you called me to? What is my gifting? God, where could I serve? What could I do? But before we do that, I want us to run back to the Father, back to the house of God. So Lord, this morning, we just want to thank you, Lord God, for your presence. We want to thank you for your anointing. Lord, we want to thank you that first and foremost, you called us even before we knew what we were going to be doing. Lord God, even before we knew that we had a passion for something, you knew exactly why we would have the passion for that. It's your name, Jesus. We come to you this morning. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at or visit our website.